Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on the fivefold ministry for lesson seven. Today we're going to be covering the ministry of a teacher. Uh, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer and then we will uh, do a quick recap over the last couple weeks and get into our content. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for each one of my brothers and my sisters who's gathered together to learn about the fivefold ministry, who's come together to uh, to, to let you know, Lord, that they want to come closer to you by understanding the uh, different ministry areas that you are calling people to even today. I thank you, Lord God, that they're um, reaching out and, and seeking you, Lord. And I pray, Father, that as we go through the remainder of this course tonight, Lord, as we uh, touch on the ministry of a teacher, Father, I pray that you would begin to open their ears, their eyes, and their hearts Father, that each person would take away something that they need to have in their spirit and in their heart and in their mind. Father, I pray that you alone would use these words to help these people to grow and to prosper and to walk deeper and closer with you. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. And all God's children said, Amen and Amen. Uh, so we have now covered the ministry of an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and now we're at the point of covering the last of the five mentioned, which is the ministry of a teacher. And this one uh, is probably going to be somewhat, somewhat simple for you. I think that uh, the ministry of a teacher is pretty easily understood, very well accepted throughout the local church and throughout the global church. Um, we recognize that we need teachers. Uh, in order to, uh, you know, share wisdom that they've that they've gained with time and, and through revelation knowledge. And we understand that we need teachers to sometimes help guide us and uh, help us to understand the scripture and what God's saying in his word at, at, at various points. So we're going to start with the quick little Greek lesson. Um, I love this Greek word. It's actually a lot of fun to say. And it's pretty easy to remember. Uh, so the Greek word, if you're taking notes for teacher, is didaskalos. And it literally translates to an instructor. The reason that I love that word uh, is in part because it's kind of fun to say. You can say it with me, didaskalos. And um, it's easy to remember because you think of a teacher... And you could, you could think in your mind if you needed a mnemonic device to remember it by, I did ask the teacher a question, did Askelos? Uh, so that's kind of a fun one. So uh, once more, just to drive home the point, as I did with the other four ministries, it is important that as we speak of a teacher in today's church, that we only address them as a teacher and not the teacher, because... Of course, Jesus was the teacher and is the teacher. Uh, we're taught in scripture that the Holy Spirit is the resident teacher and that he will call to our remembrance all things as we need them. Uh, and that's, that's the beauty of the God that we serve. Not only is he loving enough to uh, call people to be teachers and, and then place them in our lives, but he alone is the teacher. And, and, and he's able to speak with us and converse with us. And he can actually shed his own 
wisdom and knowledge into our spirit. And that's, that's wonderful and you can praise God for that. So the functions of a teacher in, in the local church, since we've talked about the uh, functionality inside of the local church with the rest of these, well, you guessed it. The function of a teacher is to teach. And there's two ways that a teacher is going to teach. They're pretty simple, but if you're taking notes, the first is going to be by example, and the second is by declaration. And so in my notes here, I made a little note by example. I wrote, excuse me, I wrote, walk the walk. And by declaration, I wrote in, talk the talk. And so that's kind of the terminology that we use. I guess you might call that sort of like a slang phrase, walk the walk and talk the talk. But these are two of the ways, they're, they're two of the main ways that a teacher teaches. Um, it, it, when, when it comes down to um, biblical teaching, you can't really live off of the do as I say, not as I do sort of um, mojo, we'll call it. You, you can't live off of that. Because then, well, then you've got a false teacher. You've kind of got a hypocrite on your hands. Uh, and that's not okay whenever we're talking about somebody that's called into the ministry of a teacher. We need a person who's called to be a teacher to live by, by example. And that way, uh, you know, no matter where this person is in his or her walk of life, uh, he or she can, can reach others around them around them by 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 living out Christ's will by living um, a godly lifestyle by by showing patience by showing mercy and and walking humbly you know that that's the example and then whenever you look at declaration by declaration that means when they actually get up to begin to teach um, and and in that case you know this person, is is going to need to, you know, present knowledgeable. I'm, I guess the first word that came to my mind there was argument, um, but we're not really looking for any kind of argument. But they're they're going to have to present things in a knowledgeable way, and they're going to have to um, uh, approach with authority, and you know they don't want to leave a lingering. Mm, I'm not sure if he's quite right on that. He didn't seem real confident. She didn't seem super confident. Uh, well, even the teacher, even, even, oops, there I did it. Uh, even, even that teacher didn't seem terribly sold on that. I'm not sure if I'm buying it. They have to be confident in their declaration of teaching. They have to talk the talk because they walk the walk. And, and so in walking the walk and talking the talk, they, they not only say, this is how it ought to be done, but then they show by example, this is how we do it. Okay. A um, couple ways that you might figure out who a teacher is. If you think that you might be called to the ministry of a teacher, then I want you to listen closely to these. What marks a teacher? Number one, there's an anointing for teaching. Okay. Um, just like with any of the other uh, five-fold ministry giftings. 
if if you're called into the ministry of a pastor, you're going to have an anointing on your life to be a pastor. If you're called into the ministry of an evangelist, you're going to have an anointing on your life to evangelize. If you are called into the ministry of a prophet, you got it. You're going to have an anointing on your life to prophesy. Same with a teacher. And and so this person's going to carry an anointing about them. And when they open their mouth and they begin to teach the good news and they begin to teach what God has to say through the word and through revelation, um, there will there will be a distinguishable presence of, of, of the Holy Spirit when they begin to teach. Another marker of a teacher is a gentle spirit. And why? Well, because sometimes teaching takes patience. And teaching can get really frustrating whenever you have somebody that sits back and says, wait a minute, can you repeat that? Okay, hold on. I still don't understand. Can, can you just explain it a little bit differently? Because I'm, I'm just not catching on here. And, and so this person has to have a gentle spirit in order to, to convey, and especially with the scripture. Sometimes the scripture can be so difficult to uh, really get a good grip on and if you're not, um, if you're not cautious when you're teaching the scripture, and and you just kind of gloss over something, or um, you know somebody asks you a question and you say it's just the way it is, well that's that's not a great answer. You have to have a gentle spirit about you. You have to kind of remember the words of Isaiah that say, "Come, let us reason together," and and kind of settle yourself down and and sit with that person for a while and say, "Okay." Let me, let me talk with you about this. Let's see if we can help you gain some understanding. A gentle spirit is, an, is a 100% of the time marker of a teacher. Um, we talked about the authoritative speech by declaration is how you're going to see a, a teacher teach, by declaration. The authoritative speech, if you're not confident, who's going to believe you? Uh, so if, you're, if you get up and, and you're stuck to your note cards and... You think a little bit, and you start going kind of slow, and you, you, you just have that amount of question behind your voice. Well, and then here's this, well, but but no, that's, and I understand that sometimes that's the way it is for a new teacher, but but with time you have to work toward that authoritative speech. And, and you say, this is the scripture, this is the word of God, and this is how you're going to apply it, and this is what it's going to look like. And, and, and you get a little bit of strength behind your voice. And uh, it, it almost sounds like preaching because you take on that authoritative tone so that you have confidence in what you're saying so that people know you believe it. And, and if you believe it, then they should believe it. All right. Another uh, marker of a teacher is that this person is going to be a student of the word, a student of the word. So um, they're not only walking the walk and talking the talk, but they're studying in the Bible how Jesus walked the walk and talked the talk. They're looking into the word. They're constantly digging for a scripture. They, they, they want more so that they can share more. 
all right uh next next marker is they're always teaching others kind of like with the ministry of an evangelist we talked about how um an, an evangelist is going to go from person to person it doesn't matter where they're at they're they're ready to evangelize it's the same with a teacher and a teacher is going from place to place from person to person and you say oh i can t- i can teach them okay here let just just hear me out for a moment let me teach you here's here's what all of this means and always looking for someone to teach always teaching others finally always receptive to others a teacher is always receptive to others why because a good teacher is teachable and you say well what about jesus jesus knew all things yes but he jesus as the teacher as the good teacher waited on god the father he he waited on god to lead him in his teaching and he spoke the things which the father told him to speak he was receptive to god the father for teaching so that he could teach others and uh, occasionally we have to um, as as teachers working in the ministry of a teacher sometimes we have to be receptive to other areas of the ministry or sometimes um, even even be receptive to sorry I'm going to use the the bad word of this course a lay person and we have to hear out what someone says and then we go back as as someone that's in the ministry of a teacher then you take it back and you go to the word and you study it and you say okay how can I apply this you're you're receptive to someone else's mindset or someone else's viewpoint all right um so so those are some markers of a teacher uh next thing i want to touch on here is how to judge teaching if you remember we talked about um we talked about listening to prophets and listening to evangelists and 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 how we are supposed to judge those words that are coming forth from their mouths well it's a lot the same with teaching um so when you're when you're listening to a teacher you have to listen to the theology that's being preached are they are they teaching a false doctrine are they are they teaching traditions of men that's a huge one um if if somebody comes into the local church and they they're staking claim to working under the ministry of a teacher and they come in to teach the traditions of men we got a big problem because god's church is not about traditions of men and and i hope you're saying amen to that um god's church was never designed for traditions of men god's church was designed for traditions of god and and so if if we have a person coming in and saying well I'm here to teach you today about the proper lighting of the candles and and the proper way to pass the offering plate and the proper way to you name it traditions of men baloney that you can just tell him he needs to go get right and and 
figure out who he's listening to or who she's listening to because we can't have teachers coming into the local church to teach traditions of men. We need teachers coming into the local church to teach the word of God. Next thing we're going to look at is the motivation of the teacher. Uh, is that teacher coming in to, to puff up their chest and, and to self-glorify and say, I know this and I know this and you ought to listen to me because I've been there. And, or is this person coming in to say, listen, I've walked with God and, and God has shown me this and I, I really want you to take from it. I really want you to learn from it. I think that God will uh, speak into your heart as you hear this this teaching, as you hear the testimonies behind this teaching, I really think that God's going to move your spirit. Or is the person standing up there saying, I really want you to hear my teaching on, on passing the plate, and then I want you to go out in the hallway, and I want you to buy all three of those books. They're each $9.99. I'll give them all three to you for $32.95, and you'll be on your way. It's a great deal. Come on down and get your books. Nope. Those are not good motivations. You, you want to hear the motivation that we just talked about who says, I, I've walked with God and I want God to teach you. I want you to hear my voice, but I, I want you to hear what God is saying to you through my voice. Okay? And, and then you look at the relationships of that teacher and you say, where did, where did this teacher come from? Is this teacher affiliated with any church? Uh, is this teacher affiliated with any known ministry? Or, or is this person self-proclaimed in the ministry of a teacher? It, does, does, this, does he or she have uh, anyone to, to have their back? Does he or she have anyone to support them in what they're saying? Or, or is this person just coming into the local church and saying, hey, I'm a teacher and I'm here to teach and so y'all just sit down and listen. Um, I, I look over the Bible every now and then and uh, I, don't, I don't participate in a local church. I, I only Google what I can Google and I'm here to teach. So no, not good. Um, not good. That, that the teacher that comes in um, to, to share a message should have relationships uh, with with other ministers with um, a, a local church some something to put with the name um, we it's and it's the that's the same with any of the other fivefold ministry giftings we can't just walk around and self-proclaim um, because even Jesus had a relationship to, to um, I, I want to say verify his teaching and, and, and his relationship that verified his teachings was his relationship with God the Father so there has to be relationships and, and you're, you need to look at those to judge teaching finally, you guessed it judge it by the word if, you can, if you're listening to a teacher and you're like, all right, yes, yes, good teaching, come on, good word, preach it. Whoa, that did not come out of the Bible. I don't know what that guy just said, but that sounded satanic. You dig through your Bible, you look it up, 
And if you, if you cannot find scriptural proof of something that that person just said, you take whatever they said and kick it out because that's a false teaching. It has to. That's uh, out of out of all of these that I'm just mentioning here. The the supreme of these will be judge the teaching by the word. It absolutely must line up. It must line up with the word of God. And that goes for any of these ministries. If a prophecy doesn't line up with the word of God, that's a false prophet spirit. If an evangelism message doesn't line up with the word of God, that's false evangelism. If, if a pastor brings forth a message that doesn't line up with the word of God, that's a false pastoral teaching. If an apostle comes in and starts laying these foundations that don't line up with the word of God, he is a false apostle. She is a false apostle. And, and, and you have to figure that out and you figure it out quick and get it out of there. And it's just the same here with the teacher. It absolutely, I'm going to say that one more time, it absolutely must line up with the Word of God. All right? Um, in, in the past couple of lessons, I was, um, I, was, I was sure to share with you a couple of the, uh, the people who were called to these specific ministries. And, and so there's a couple that are specifically called teachers in the New Testament. And I think you'll recognize all of their names. Their names are Paul. Yes, I think we all knew that one. Uh, he wrote so much of the New Testament. It would be it would it would be amazing if someone said he wasn't a teacher. Um, he, he wrote so much of the New Testament. Paul is definitely a teacher that's spoken of and, and has a lot of weight in the New Testament. Another one is Apollos. Um, and, and we read a little bit about Apollos, I believe, in the book of Acts. My brain is totally frying out on me there. Um, I want to say he's in the book of Acts. I'm sorry. I should have made my notes a little more clear. I've got a little scribble line there. And finally, Barnabas. And, and Paul and Barnabas are uh, known to be tag team crew. They, they walk alongside and help one another in their teachings. Um, but something that's important to know with the ministry of a teacher is this. Um, in the ministry of a teacher, your job is not always to see the end stage. Sometimes in the ministry of a teacher, your job is just to plant the seed. And so you plant the seed of your teaching, and then another minister comes along and continues to make sure that that seed takes a little bit of root, kind of just kind of watches after it. But God is the one who will ultimately water the seed and and shine his sunlight, S-O-N light, on the seed so that it bears fruit so that it so that it does take solid root and and it will flourish and grow and prosper but your job as as a teacher if you're if you're feeling like you're called to the ministry of a teacher 
your job is going to be the seed planting. And if you know anything, if you've ever planted anything, you know that seed planting can be a dirty job. Um, I don't remember offhand whenever we talked about the ministry of a pastor, if I remembered uh, to share with you one of my favorite quotes, which is, shepherds stink. They, they get in with the sheep, and, and as a shepherd, you get dirty. You're, you're brushing your clothes up against the wool of dirty sheep. And, and well, with a teacher planting seeds, you're going to get some dirt under your nails. Your hands are going to turn a little on the black side. You're, you're going to get some soil around your cuticles, and, and you have to be ready for that. Uh, teaching doesn't always sound like it's going to be a dirty job. It sounds like, oh yeah, that's that's going to be fairly simple. But the truth of it is, teaching really is kind of a dirty job. Sometimes it takes a little bit of effort to to teach to the point of digging the hole deep enough to where you can finally plant the seed. And and sometimes. Um, you know, if you, if you think about planting a seed, if you're planting especially in the ground, uh, if, if the ground has not been worked and, and you just try to stick a spade down in it, it's not going to be easy to do by hand. You're going to have to work that area just a little bit before the soil in the ground is, is malleable enough to drop a seed in and then to cover over. So be prepared. I don't, I don't want you to look at the ministry of a teacher and say, easy job. I want you to look at the ministry of a teacher and say, dirty hands. Dirty hands. Uh, this, this person, whoever's called to the ministry of a teacher, has a very important job. And, and people, well, truth, truth be told, people come against teachers because they disagree with something or they don't like that what the teacher just taught is, you know, convicting them in their spirit. They don't like that what this teacher just taught is, is kind of pricking them in the conscience. And they say, well, I don't agree with that. And you have no right to teach that. And, but, but if you're teaching solid truth and it lines up with the word of God, your hands are going to get a little bit dirty in that situation when you say, Brother, when you say sister, that's the word of God. That's the word of truth. Your issue isn't with me. And, and so be prepared, I guess, to get your hands a little bit dirty if you think that you're called to the ministry of a teacher. I want to part with you on this particular message uh, with some scriptures to look over and to study. Uh, the first one, if you're taking notes, it's going to be 2 Timothy 3.10. Give you a minute if you want to turn there. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. It says this, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. I'll continue into 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them, out of them all, the Lord delivered me.
And now that's in Paul's uh, second letter to Timothy. And, and, and this is, this piece of scripture is subheaded, the man of God and the word of God. You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life. That's, that's walking the walk and talking the talk. Next passage of scripture, uh, if you want to turn with me to the gospel of John, we're going to go to chapter eight and we're going to look back to verse 28. And this is what it says. It says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And that's what I just said a little bit ago when we talked about relationships. Jesus had a relationship with God the Father, and and He did nothing of Himself. It's important that a teacher who's called to the ministry of a teacher is not doing anything of themselves but has relationship inside and outside of local church and and has something to back them up and and to kind of um not put them on a pedestal so much but just something to kind of have their back something uh if, if somebody's really in staunch disagreement with something that they've taught then it's not just one person standing alone but there's, there's some backbone there. There's a little bit of meat behind those bones. And, and so Jesus exemplifies that. He says, no, I, I don't do anything of myself, but I do this as God the Father shows me. The next scripture I want you to turn to is in 1 Timothy. Go to chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, For which I was appointed... A preacher and an apostle, I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Dirty hands, right there. That, that's Paul's words telling him, telling, telling Timothy in his first letter. He says, Brother, I had some dirty hands. I was appointed to this. And then I'm speaking truth and I'm not lying. And, and I can imagine that if he's saying, I'm speaking truth in Christ and not lying, that someone must have been coming against him. Someone must be saying, come on, you, you can't be teaching that. You can't be doing that. I want to live my life the way I want to live my life. He says, no, I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying. He says, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. That's, that's, a, that's a good scripture for the dirty hands that we're talking about. Last piece of scripture that I want you to turn to. Uh, we're going to go back to the book of Acts. I want you to go to chapter 11. And we're going to read a couple verses here. We're going to begin in verse 21 and end in verse 26. It says this, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and, great, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with the purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. 
And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, so that it so it was that let me try that again. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And and so this is this is the uh, scripture talking about Barnabas going out to Tarsus to seek Saul. And uh, then, of course, Saul's name is later changed to Paul. And but but this this I chose this passage of scripture to show you the power of the ministry of a teacher, the power of the ministry of a teacher, which adds to the number. It, it doesn't add to the number. It multiplies to the number. It multiplies to the number. Let me say that one more time. It multiplies to the number. It says a great many. I, I can only imagine. I love some of those biblical terms, but I can, I can only imagine what a great many people must look like. Uh, it, it doesn't just say a few. It doesn't say a handful. It doesn't, it can't even put a number on it. It says a great many people were added to the Lord. A great many people. That, that number must be profoundly large. So this is, this is the ministry of a teacher. We have one lesson left uh, for next week, and it's going to be a little bit of a, a challenging lesson for you. Um, we're kind of going to re- recap everything that we've talked about so far and we're going to get ready to make a difference. I want to pray us out. I want you to uh, take some time this week and pray through those four scriptures. I want you to seek God. If you want, if you have uh, questions regarding the ministry of a teacher, please do not hesitate to ask. You know that I am here to answer your questions and that I love to answer your questions. Um, if, if you think that you might be called to the ministry of a teacher and, and you want somebody to pray with you on that, please, I will, I will be glad. I will be more than glad to pray with you and, and seek God's wisdom and, and see what we can discern in that area for you. I will be more than happy to. So let's pray this out and we'll meet back here next week. Heavenly Father, I thank you once more for this day and for this time. I praise you, Lord God, for this message, for the, for the information that we have regarding the ministry of a teacher. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would touch each one of my brothers and my sisters. I pray, Lord God, that you would define clearly to them how, how to see a teacher in their local church. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, speak into their spirit how to hear teaching and, and how to judge teaching properly. I pray, Lord God, that you would uh, just begin to fill their spirit, Lord, even even now uh, with your holy wisdom, Father. You, you're, you said in your word, if any man lacks wisdom, just let him ask. And so, Father, I pray that these people would come to you and ask you, Lord, for wisdom. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you alone 
would receive all glory, honor, and praise as they walk forward in this in this teaching, in this new understanding that they have gained of the fivefold ministry. I praise you, Lord, because we know that you alone will receive glory. And I pray, Father God, that as we bring this series to a close, that you will make a change in someone's life, that someone, that one of these people will will see what you are capable of, will see the meaning of what it meant um, when, when you designed your church. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would begin to cause a stir inside of my brothers and my sisters who are taking this course right now. I pray that you would begin to cause a stir in their spirit, Lord God, that they would feel the bubbling up of the Holy Ghost within them. Father God, that they would not even want to contain it, but Father, that they will burst and, and, and begin to share at every opportunity of, of what you have taught them through all of this. And Father, I give you praise, honor, and glory. It is in the name of Jesus Christ. We all said amen and amen. I will see you back here in a week to finish up this series. I hope that you have been blessed. And once again, any questions or um, if you want somebody to pray with you, please do not hesitate. I'm here for that. I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.